Greetings and salutations, and welcome to Secondhand Film Critics, your favorite source for mildly pretentious, semi-uneducated, and highly unqualified opinions on movies. I am Noah, and I am here with... Kayla. And we're back for another Cinema Swap episode. We are, in fact. Yeah, these are kind of like the new We've Never Seen's, you know? We haven't a done a We've episode. Never Seen in a while. We should, uh, we should do- We're running out of movies we've never seen. I mean, there's a lot of them, obviously, but it's like, we want to make sure there are ones, too, that people will listen to. Yeah, so. and I definitely, it was funny, because we decided on this, and then, like, I- when I was watching them, I was like, why didn't we do a We've Never Seen? So we only had to watch one movie <laughs> instead of two. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Major bummer. Um, well, usually it's like, I think with these, I was always thinking like, oh, it's still only one movie for each person. But usually I want to watch the, even the one that I assign because like, right. it's usually been a while since I've seen it. Yeah. I mean, the so, one I picked today, one. I hadn't seen in like three years. Same. And it was funny because the one we did, mine that I gave you was Heather's. Um, and the last time I saw that was in 2019, but it was also like April. It was like April 6th, the last time I saw that. Huh. So it was almost like exactly three years ago that I watched that. Before we get into our episodes, what we like to do is get into the answers we got to our last question of the week uh, from our last episode. And our question of the week last week was, what is your favorite movie based on a video game? Um, your favorite and we got, video game based on a movie? That was all. That was it. Yes. I <laughs> we just got kind of flipped, flipped it around. Um, I mean, there are movies yes. based on video games. Yeah, but not very good ones. So that would have been a bad question. So I'm glad we actually didn't ask that. Yeah, it's your favorite video game based on a movie. You are correct. And you've been playing Lego Star, the new Lego Star Wars this week. I have. I'm almost through the prequel trilogy, making my way through. It's uh, it's pretty fun. There's a lot of like fetch, not fetch quest. Like you kind of got to like go back and forth, like between the same areas a lot of times. Like so they kind of like pad out the runtime with that. But sure. it's all good because I'll just run around and break stuff and get money and buy upgrades. Like I like you can like pick up like objects and just like throw them with the force at people mm. and that's what i'll usually just do for most of my time that sounds fun i haven't played it, it yet it's fun um we did get actually and i'm really that's a good point because i was really upset like right after we finished recording because i was like wait neither of us talked about like the original lego star wars yeah um which was very off-brand for both of us yeah um but waffle came in and she saved us because uh, she said Lego Star Wars, the complete saga, or the Phineas and Ferb across the second dimension game on the Wii, mm. which I didn't play that. Um, I didn't either. But Yeah, I played Lego Star fun. Wars on the PC, and that was a big, wow. big... Um, wow, a real gamer moment over real there. Real gamer. Wow, dang. And, well, that was just how we played. Like, we had a GameCube and we had a Wii, but we played a lot of PC games, uh, you yeah. know, putt-putt. Nancy Drew. Yeah, of course. Uh, but I did play Lego Indiana Jones with one of my friends all the time on mm. the Wii. That was like a mm. big childhood memory. I'm glad you brought up Lego Indiana Jones because we also got someone that mentioned Lego Indiana Jones. Um, Bryce mentioned that one. And that, that that's a great game because um, they had two of them too. There was like the Lego Indiana Jones and then there was Lego Indiana Jones 2, like the adventure continues or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what that one was called. But that was a fun game because there was a, and I never even watched those movies as a kid. So like I played mm, the game, we did, but I lot. had not seen the movie. So I literally had no idea what the story Interesting. was. But it's all, it was fine. We were, um, we watched those game. movies a lot as kids. Maybe that's why I don't like them because yeah, we I don't were have, very like, into them. So you got both experiences with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Gabe said on Spotify, it's the same on every console, but Toy Story three for the Wii. Hey, that rhymed. Oh. He, that was also hey, it did a, rhyme. A, a quote by him. Um, yeah, he said it rhymed. He said, it slaps harder than any other movie game out there. It felt like a real game rather than an obligation in the movie game era. Mm. I've seen a lot of uh, YouTubers cover this game. Uh, I think definitely Scott the Waz covered this game in one of his videos. Um, and it looks really fun. Like, it definitely looks like a really fun I don't game. believe I played that one. I feel I like I either. vaguely remember playing some kind of Toy Story game. No, yeah. It's like, it's definitely... What th- is the... Is there a Toy Story... What's the Toy Story 2 game? Is there a Toy Story 2 game? I don't know. I don't 
think i mean there might be i don't remember that one but i do know like the three the toy story three is like you're basically i think you're buzz lightyear and it's like um kind of like a mario game or but like mario 64 and you're like going around andy's room and like different toy rooms and like collecting different things which is like a very cool premise for a game like just you're a toy okay i believe the game that my brain is thinking of Mm. I could be wrong. Is Grand Theft Auto. Is Toy Story 2. Yes. <laughs> yes. I did play this game. Toy Story 2, Buzz Lightyear to the rescue. Oh. And I'm pretty sure I played it on PC. But now my brain is like all of a sudden having a moment where it's like remembering something from my childhood that was yes. locked up in the wow. brain. I'm sure that's what someone was like in our episode last week when we talked about Beethoven SNES. Mm. You know, one person. Yeah. They probably the wished they still had it. Yes. Uh, what other answers did we get around the interwebs? Kevin said on Facebook, Golden Eye. Yeah. I don't I've know ne- what that oh, is. Oh, that's a very popular game. I never played it. It basically oh, started okay. like the first person shooter genre. It was on N64. It was based on okay, James okay. Bond. And there's like very big tournaments gotcha. around. Like, I mean, I don't know if there is with the pandemic now, but like it was like a big tournament game. and People like play it. Um, Yeah. Very famous game. I haven't played it, so but I do know a lot of people mm. like it, and that is like that was one I expected to get um, from someone. Um, what I didn't expect was from Mike because he said when I was a kid, uh, when I was a kid, I loved the Alvin and the Chipmunks game for the DS. So all that's also Ooh. valid, you know. That must have been based on the I first. I don't think movie. I played that one. No, I definitely didn't. That would have been for what that came out in two thousand like six. I yes yes i think so that sounds right yeah Hmm. that's a fun fun option it is a fun option no one that again i would not have expected we have a another game i didn't expect was x-men origins wolverine um which i yeah don't even didn't even know that was a game but pretty cool i didn't know that was a game pretty cool um i would guess it's probably like a playstation it looks like a ps2 game from the cover Let's see. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Look it up. Let's see what it is. Yeah. PlayStation, Xbox, mm. all of the above. Very fun. Very fun. Um, we got a Star Wars game. God Jester on Twitter said Star Wars, the Knights of the Old Republic, which I do know that's like the main Star Wars game people talk about when they talk mm. about Star Wars games. Um, sure. I know. I think a lot of people I think we played that. like Star Wars games better now, too, because they usually tell stories that are more like interesting and not based in like skywalker lore so i think that like a lot of fans like we that. played um battlefront yeah, I believe, yeah was one we played and yeah. then we also played i remembered this after we recorded a lord of the rings wow. game on the computer and like i definitely played it some of the like fighting like you're killing orcs and stuff but I do remember you could, like, create your own <gasps> character and you could, like, you know, do a character thing. Wow. It's like of, Skyrim, like, all but these Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah, like a wizard and you could do, like, all the basically, mm. uh, like, an elf and whatever all the yeah. things are in Lord of the yeah, Rings. Yeah, all the characters. And I would spend hours just, like, creating characters. That's so fun. That sounds pretty fun. Because we never had, like, Sims and stuff, so I played my version of <laughs> Sims creating Lord of the Rings characters. I think, um, you know how they're doing the Harry Potter game that, like, no one wants to buy anymore? Um, but that, like, is, like, yeah. I think it's open world. Um, but I would like to see something like that, but, like, Lord of the Rings. Like, Skyrim, Lord mm. of the Rings kind of thing. That would be really cool, especially That's what now. I think the one that was... Well, yeah, but I, was it, like, fully open world? Like, I was just thinking, like, now with, like how graphics are even better and like you can have bigger open worlds that people are making it'd be interesting to see someone make one now maybe they will out of like if the amazon show gets popular maybe that will spawn a video game Mm -hmm. i don't know uh and then lastly dan said spider-man 2 for the ps2 that kind of rhymes if you want to rhyme two with two so um another another rhyming one there yeah i know a lot of people like that one um i haven't played that so but I do know a lot of people like it, and it kind of mm. changed. I think that one and also Spider-Man 2 like really changed the way that people saw Spider-Man swinging, and that game changed how Spider-Man swung in games because um, it used like different algorithms for 
him swinging on buildings rather than just having the web like shoot into the sky and like be hooked onto nothing Mm -hmm. so it had like a really cool physics engine i think um and a lot of people like that one cool sure very fun that was a fun question because we don't talk about video games at all really usually i think we've talked about lego star wars like four times but that's it yeah so but we both like video games a lot yeah but not like enough to do a podcast on them so like we don't talk about them because like i don't feel confident enough (laughs) to talk about them but like it's like i am a very very casual and very bad video game player it's it's like a i'm hobby slightly more. above average at mario kart mm. but like i don't play enough to be amazing at it yeah and then lego games take me forever <laughs> pokemon takes me forever hey it's all fun. it's all good it's all yeah i mean you can still just create lord of the rings characters and that doesn't take any yeah, I mean, I just Time. decorate my Animal Crossing island for hours on end. <laughs> That's all I need. Oh, man. Well, let's jump into our our main episode, which, again, is a cinema swap episode where we'll each give each other a movie to watch that the other person hasn't seen. Um, and usually one that, like, the other person thinks they would like or, like, things would be interesting to see what their thought is on, not just, like, some random movie. We try to pick ones that are going to be interesting to talk about. Uh, and also streaming usually, sure. so we don't have to like make ourselves pay money for, for things that we don't have to. Yeah, so let's just jump right into our first movie here today, which uh, this is the one that I picked for you to watch. Uh, it's Heathers from 1989, not the like 2018 show, that not that one. Um, yeah, it's the movie. So yeah, definite uh, content warning for suicide in both of the movies. And then in Heathers, there's also like other like mentions of violence and homophobia and stuff so just like steer clear if you don't want to listen to that it's all it's all good yeah why don't we just jump into this quick synopsis here that we have for heathers do you want me to read this or sure it's very short because i like i didn't know how a spoiler it's fine i feel like everyone knows what heathers is kind of about yeah it's all it's fine so veronica is a normal high schooler in a click of quote heathers when jason dean comes to town and him and veronica start dating she begins to realize her best friends are also her worst enemies mm. and what will that come is, about from i hate the realization. when that happens yeah this movie it is uh now obviously a cult classic but it did like flop at the box office it had a three million dollar budget which is pretty good for like what the movie looks like and what they were all the sets and stuff, mm-hmm. um, but it only made 1.1 million, so not great. Even though it did get good reviews, but like like I said, now it has a cult following. There's a musical. There was a sh- TV show for a season that didn't get great reviews. Yeah, I think this is now one that most people know, which is again why I kind of wanted to pick it because you were picking a smaller one that was a little more niche. So I wanted yeah. to like counteract that a little bit, but it's also like has a it's more of a cult movie still. So yeah, that was one reason why I picked it. I also selfishly wanted to watch it again because I hadn't seen it in a while. I'd picked Breakfast Club before for the same series. So I was like, we can kind of pick a similar movie, um, something that is a little more satirical to talk about rather than like a straight drama, which we have done a lot of dramas on this show mm-hmm. in this series. So I don't know. I thought it'd be like a f- different change of pace for Cinema Swap as a whole. And again, I was kind of thinking too, like, I knew you were going to pick something that was a little bit more drama geared. So I wanted to pick something that was not that. Sure. Um, yeah, that, that, not really, not really many deep reasons for picking this. I just kind of saw it was on your watch list and I was like, sure, that one looks fun and it's on Amazon Prime. So why not? Cool. Yeah. So I hadn't watched this, uh, but I, I have listened to the musical and I have watched. Mm parts of the musical like certain numbers of the musical um like on youtube so i was pretty familiar with like all the material and then the songs from the musical version and the characters and stuff but i just had never watched the actual film not really sure why i guess i just never was interested in watching the film version Mm -hmm. uh once i had watched the musical i'm a musical fan so you know stuff is not as a musical is not as fun yeah i liked it um i think i probably like it with the music better 
I because I think it kind of can make something a little more upbeat. Like it is satirical, but mm-hmm. can give it kind of more va va voom to it. I guess sure. <laughs> to yeah, make it. yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> but it is like there's so many good lines from this that obviously, you know, are lines that a lot of people know because they're quoted mm-hmm. a lot. Um, so it's funny to kind of see those lines that I've always sort of been familiar with and newer from this to sort of place them in the context of an actual scene and the context right. of the situation that the line was said. Yeah, I liked it. I thought that it was funny and it made me laugh. And then there were parts that I was like, that's very like... 80s uh and i understand like watching it why it definitely has become a cult classic especially because of how like good the script is and how funny Mm -hmm. and like kind of campy some of the moments are in it that i can just imagine like groups going to screenings of this and like quoting scenes together and just having a good time like you know, reliving a lot of those like funny moments. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I think this would be really fun to watch with a big group of people. I have watched it twice alone, so nice. Maybe next time. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. I think it's it's one of those things too, where like even if they, even if now there are big lines, like and you when you hear them, you know that they're really popular and like they're in the culture. I feel like there were probably lines where like the first time they were you heard them, it was yeah. already like, wow, that is a great line. And you just like automatically started saying it because too, like a lot of the slang is I think all the slang that they use is like not real slang. So it kind of creates it like its own world for the movie. And it doesn't really feel like it's ever going to be dated because like the slang was never popular in the first place Mm -hmm. so it kind of just has like its own identity in that way kind of like clockwork orange did i guess where like he created his own teenage slang for that movie or book i guess and so i think that was a really great choice by them for this one because it gives it a little bit more of its own personality and less like a period piece because i do think it doesn't most of not all of it feels like it takes place in like a fantasy world or like a heightened reality so I think it is good that it does the dialogue is not completely like natural in that way and like from our world because I don't think that it would have worked as well if it was like people saying like radical or I don't know whatever 1989 kids were like using. Yeah, and I think it's cool too cuz obviously this was more early on in that like high school drama comedy like sort of movie scene and I can definitely see like other popular ones having like pulled from this like Mean Girls specifically Mean Girls for sure um which I'm a big Mean Girls fan and so I it's cool to kind of see how that movie was influenced and then in the same way Mm. with like the language um and how they sort of develop their own um slang and way of talking with each other so it's kind of fun to see it in a different setting too yeah definitely and it's like this was supposed to i be like a contrast to the john hughes high school dramas Uh i guess and probably also like fast times at ridgemont high and so it's i see it too as kind of like a a bridge between those two yeah like you had the more, um, even though John Hughes movies some did deal with more serious topics, they were definitely lighter. So you had the more light high school comedies, and then this kind of led the way to the more satirical, like darker stuff. Even stuff like Clueless, which like Clueless is obviously like a rom com, but I do think it has elements of elements and like themes that wouldn't be in a John Hughes movie too. Right. So I definitely think that this probably paved the way for a lot of that stuff, like you said. And I mean, it even is popular now with the musical, like very popular. And it, that was the the TikTok sound that went viral like two years ago. Was that that was the trend like yeah. two years ago? I think. Uh huh. Um, and so like it's still people still talk about it and watch it, and like it still has maintained its status as like a a high school drama that is popular today. Yeah. So I think they definitely like accomplished their goal here, 
because uh, even like Breakfast Club is like more of a period piece now than something that people still like watch and like talk about, you know? Sure. Um, yeah. Where this feels a lot more like modern, I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. What did you think about uh, some of the performances? Because there are, I think that's like, it's hard because I do like a lot of the performances, but it's also very like specific and over the top. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know if they would work for everyone, but it's so, it's, but it's, so it's interesting to like talk about those, I guess. Yeah. I like, um, I like how the adults act in this. I think uh, it's yeah, very definitely. funny uh, and comical the way that the adults like overact as being like just very terrible adults and mm-hmm. parents and, you know, role models and teachers and all that in the school system. Uh, and even like the cops and stuff are also terrible. We love a good ACAB uh, movie. And <laughs> no, but like it just that is very comical to me the way that they were directed and written and those parts were played. And then how the teens kind of like really led the show. I thought mm. um, obviously the two main characters, JD and Veronica, are good. I think the Heathers, mm-hmm. which maybe this was the point, I think there there just wasn't enough like differential between the yeah, three of them. Definitely. I would have liked a little bit more of kind of, because obviously they're supposed to be the same and they're all named Heather and they're all a part of this Mean Girls group, but it would have been mm. cool to see a little more variation between the three of them because I kind of kept mm. forgetting which Heather was which Heather just because they didn't have any kind of separate personalities. Kind of like in Mean Girls, how they're very similar, but they at least have some different characteristics or act differently and have different mannerisms that separate the characters more. Um, So that would be my biggest complaint. Definitely, yeah. I think Mean Girls does a better job of that, yeah. I think, too, it's like... I don't think this movie probably should be have been called Heathers. Like, it probably was a fun idea when he started the script, mm. but I don't think it really is about them as much as the movie goes on. And so I think, like, when you start it, you're expecting them to be more of the centerpieces. Sure. But it's more, like, about the high school itself. And because, like, even with the football uh, guys, like, they're not Heathers, but, like, they serve a very big part in the story. And so I don't think it's really as much about the Heathers as more about, like, popularity in general. Yeah. Because even she says, like, I could be the next in line, and she technically, like, left the group. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that might have been a mistake there, too. Uh, But I agree that Mean Girls, I think, like, definitely pulled on that and then improved on it because all three of them are a lot more unique and have, like, their own personalities, I think. Yeah. Um yeah uh one thing with the with the parents too yeah i love love the parents i love um how a lot of their scenes almost feel like the most dreamlike in the movie because a lot of the movie like i said feels fake but like their scenes feel like like really fake like and it's just really cool the way that i don't know it's just like every time the parents step on screen it's like the complete tone of the movie changes yeah that's definitely true and even with like i like the contrast between how the parents react and then how like the teachers react differently yeah like how their response they have a lot of the same notes in it but it's so different like the parents Mm. are very complacent and the teachers and the school board is kind of like how can we utilize this moment basically (laughs) for our own greed essentially um and cover it up which is what those kind of establishments usually Mm. do so it just was interesting to see that sort of take on it, um, which is funny. Yeah, and I think it shows, like, the focus of the movie definitely is, I mean, it's obviously the teenagers, but I think it really is about the parents because that's more, I don't know. I mean, that's what he's writing the perspective from, the the writer, um, uh-huh. and how, like, adults, I guess, see teenagers as, like, something to be studied, like they were kind of saying, uh-huh. rather than, like, actual people. And, like, when those studies about, like, teen suicide or depression or, like, you saw this during the pandemic, like, all the, like, using them as, like, a reason for pushing their ideas. Like, oh, guys, like, no one cares about teen suicide or, like, teen depression until, like, it serves their purposes, basically. Right, Um, of course. So I thought that was a really interesting idea. And also, like, how the teenagers basically 
treat high school as like just their entire life. Like there is a little bit mention of college, but I feel like they have this idea or this feeling around them that like this is their life and like there's nothing after this. Um, And it's the stakes are like as high as they could be, which I definitely think is true when you're in like junior. I guess I think they're junior. So like that definitely feels like a very true depiction of how it feels to be in high school yeah where like this is the most like intense situation and there's nothing after this this is well and especially when you are in those kind of groups where like you are the most popular person or you Mm. are the football star like if you're a high school sports star that is your everything like everything you post about and now in this time especially it's like it's in your Instagram bio, and, mm. like, there's nothing wrong with that, but it, that's just yeah. the way it is, and that's funny that that was what they sort of captured in, um, like, I laughed when uh, they were showing the boys at the funeral, and they had their, like, football helmets on. Yeah. That was yeah. so <laughs> comical to me, because I was like, oh, my gosh, that is so true. Like, you know, people get their high school senior pictures and they're getting them in their football uniform and holding mm. their helmet and, you know, making a big deal about all those <laughs> their things. their whole personality. Which, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Um, and I think that they did a really good job of capturing that because that is very true to high school. I mean, when I was in high school, my whole world was about soccer. So it was like mm. I, it was in my bio. I had it, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> number 15, you know, it was there. Um so it's just funny. I, I think they did a good job of capturing, like, the high school lifestyle and kind of, like, what that is about and how all-consuming it can be. Yeah. And even for the outsider, which I guess in this – like, JD is, like, the outsider and he's yeah. the one that I think you would assume maybe is more mature to see past that, I think, in the beginning. And, like, that's your assumption where it's like, oh, well, he sees past the facade of high school and he's, like, obviously – just sees how ridiculous all of this is but even he that's like what you realize is also like completely wrapped up in this high school fantasy that they're all living in and that's all he sees too and like yeah just in a different it's really yeah exactly like he also is obsessed with just his role in the system i guess Mm -hmm. um i really do like his performance too i think like without his i know a lot of people make fun of it but i think it's really funny i don't know like because obviously it's supposed to be a satire on those kind of people and also those kind of performances and movies in general and so i really think it works and it's like one of the best parts of the movie mm-hmm. i agree what did you think about the ending because the original ending was he was gonna have blown up the school and then the final scene was gonna be a prom of them all in heaven basically mm. but then okay. new world pictures made him change it because it was too depressing of an ending Got so it. i'm not saying like that's the right ending but i was wondering like what yeah you thought i don't about like the that ending, ending that they did definitely um mm. i mm-hmm. don't mind the ending i don't know what i would have done to make it better i do think that it wasn't as good as it probably could have been like, mm. in terms of how good other portions of the movie are. But right. I I don't think it's a bad ending, but I wouldn't say it's a great ending. Like, the ending is definitely one of the weakest parts of the whole movie, I would say, personally. Yeah, I definitely agree. Both times I watched this, the ending definitely took a little bit of the wind out of the movie for me. Um, and I feel like, I'm not saying that this is the ending. I mean, the original ending is what I think the ending should be. But I definitely feel like the end of the movie comes across as something that he wrote because he had to rather than that was the yeah. ending he had in mind. Um, it almost feels like um, a deleted scene kind of thing where like alternate ending and you're like, oh man, I'm glad that's not the ending. And I don't know what, like you said, I don't know what the ending would have been, but I definitely feel like watching it, it feels like he had just a darker ending in mind. And so I might, I think if the ending was maybe just darker in a way, not maybe that he blows up the entire school, but maybe something else happens or his like death is more tragic or something, something where the tone stayed a little more. What would have been more interesting to me would be that his death would not be of his own fruition. So like Mm. his death 
I mean, you know, you don't have to do something completely comical, but it feels less satisfactory that, like, he blew himself up. Um, yeah, I right. Like, maybe get... Because she did get, like, a final girl moment with the hair ribbon and mm-hmm. kind of making a point to be like, oh, it looks like she's choosing her own path here mm-hmm. instead of going with what she had done before. But... Maybe if she had had more of a final girl moment over him, because he was really the one manipulating her the whole time, and then maybe if something different comical happened to him, like yeah. y- you know, in Mean Girls, or if she had just killed him, in the or if she had th- killed I don't know why him. She just- she, she maybe he should have just died in the boiler. Yeah, like- or in like Mean Girls where she gets hit by the bus. Like, something mm. like that, where he's, like, about to blow himself up, but then something else happens that, like, kills him, I think mm. would have fit better with the rest of the movie, because the rest of the movie does have very dark elements, but they're laced with a more comedic tone, and I felt like what was off to me about the ending was that it had the darker element, but it lost the comedic tone that the rest of the movie mm. had. And so I think, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not saying he needed to get hit by a bus, but like, well, could have been funny. It could have been funny, <laughs> but some other kind of moment that he still died in the end, but it wasn't, you know, maybe something in the boiler room yeah. exploded and hits him instead, or something along well, those lines. Yeah, because I think the joke with him is that like he takes himself so seriously, and he thinks he's like so like such a like a Joker basically, yeah, like literal like Joker like the character like the joker um, yeah like the joker <laughs> um and it would have been funny like you said maybe if he did try to do this big dramatic like i'm gonna blow myself up moment and then like something happens where like he just dies a completely like com- embarrassing like unintended way yeah that just kind of shows how ridiculous he is yeah like if like if if a school bus hit like if a school bus just like accidentally hits him i don't know that would be so funny like and because he's like like such an idiot and like it would have been funny to see him like be like cut down like that like in his final moment yeah instead of kind of getting what i mean it wasn't what he wanted but he was still satisfied with his ending which i feel like isn't as satisfying to the audience as yeah or like maybe he like reaches out his arms like doesn't he reach out his arms like like he's gonna explode him like and she just shoots him again maybe like that would have been funny like I don't know. I think there's just, like, something needed to happen in the ending that fit the movie better. Um, And I also don't really, like, I don't know. Because she's, like you said, she's rejecting, I guess, the, I don't know. It feels just too neat, the ending, too. With, like, she's, like, rejecting, she takes the bow, and then she's, like, trying to be nice to the people that they were bullying. And I just, I don't know. It I just mean, like, felt like she killed some, a studio She ending. was basically, like, killing someone, too. So, yeah. Maybe if they just both died in the boiler room. That would have been a dark ending, but at least it would have, like, I don't know. Something just needed to happen that was different than, like, this was, like, a John Hughes ending, basically, besides the blowing himself up thing. Um, Yeah. Where, like, she's, like, walking down the hall and, like, this cheesy music plays and it's like, oh, I guess this is, like, back to the 80s movies that we know and love. But other than the ending, like, I do think this is a really good movie, Um, a couple, like, pacing issues aside, and it... I think really, yeah, I will think it will hold up for basically a lot longer than it already has. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I wish that they did like a better release of it because Arrow, I think, did a 4K restoration. Oh, but yeah. The only copy I can find is from the UK. Like I don't can't find like any they made for the US uh. and apparently the Blu-ray in the US is not great. So maybe someone needs to get the rights for that one because I think they could make a cool copy of this, like a Criterion or, again, just an Arrow copy. Yeah, I would like to see that. Mm, yeah. Um. Yeah, that's basically all I have to say about it. I would recommend it Um. if you like like a dark dark comedies Um. about this kind of subject. It's on Prime Video, so you could go check it out there if you want to. Yeah, that's where I watched it. <laughs> that's where I watched it, too. Um. All right. Uh, is that any other thoughts before we move on to our next film? I don't think so. I think that's all my thoughts. All right, perfect. Um, oh, we didn't mention the dead gay son joke. Very funny. Oh, Very great yeah, line. great, great Best, joke. Great, I've heard great that line, line before. Um, that so yeah. it was funnier in context. Which is hard to like, hard to say. Like it's a, it's surprising. Like it's already fun. It's already a funny line, but then in context, it's even funnier. 
um, with them in their football uniforms in the casket. And him being like, oh, my dead gay son. <laughs> <laughs> we stand. What a guy. Well, what a dad. <laughs> dad of the year goes to him. <laughs> well, well may- I mean, he maybe not. I don't know. Redemption arc of the year, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Let, we'll, we'll ponder that over our ad break here. Uh, and then when we get back, we'll talk about your movie, which is Captain Fantastic. on the grind with our second cinema our second swap or our our other our side second, of the swap yeah <laughs> film flip <laughs> our film flip oh that would have been a fun name i too. think that was probably one of the ones in the options we went through a lot of options for this series yeah we did and then we landed on maybe the maybe the most generic one but it still works it's a good one the, I think. So, so, the cinema swap cinema it works swap. it works cinema um swap. so this is captain fantastic which came out in mm. 2016 directed my favorite avengers movie <laughs> <laughs> by matt ross it had a five million dollar budget and it made 22.8 million in the box office yeah which is good for a road trip movie because they got a lot of different locations. Yeah. They got to get that big bus. So $5 million is a good budget for this. And then they, like you said, they made a lot back. Got an Oscar nomination for Vigo. So. Yeah. Wow. Good for them. Uh, do you want to read the synopsis here? Sure. Before we jump into our convo? My other two sentence synopsis. Um, Perfect. Ben and Leslie have raised their six children in the woods, training them in exercise, school, and survival skills. When Leslie dies, Ben and the kids take a journey to attend Leslie's funeral, which Leslie's father has insisted they not intend. Attend. 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 Man, pretty... That's a pre- I mean, it's a pretty good, like, logline for a movie. Yeah, know? it's very like... simple. I mean, there's a lot more going on, but just right generically uh is a pretty simple structure of a movie road trip film. yeah yeah and i think like we're not talking about the movie yet but it is interesting when you start it it takes a while for it to actually turn into the road trip movie yeah so it's like it really takes its time in the beginning because i didn't i purposely didn't read like anything about what this movie was about so it took a, like a long time for me to realize where it was going and then when they finally got on the road trip like oh okay it's a road trip movie yeah but it's interesting how I feel like a lot of road trip movies are so eager to just get to the car and get to the gags, but they do take a lot of time um, establishing everything, which is nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. This movie, again, Matt Ross direct and wrote it. He wrote it after wondering what would happen if he were completely present in his children's lives. Um, and he noted that he thought like modern technology was making that difficult. Yeah, that's so valid. That's kind of what inspired it and then he also took autobiographical details from his own life which were inspired by his own childhood living in what he called alternative living communities mm. um so maybe cults i don't know that sounds like uh, that's basically what it what sounds that would like be. yeah or um, more just hippie right yeah i mean maybe i guess i don't know how old he is but i guess he grew up in that time where like hippie communes were right not yeah. as cultish but were right. still culty i guess <laughs> he's 52 born in 70 so you know he yeah, could have maybe like, in, in the, the 80s 70s. late 70s yeah as a kid sure definitely interesting speculating um, about yeah. his life here <laughs> speculating about his life yep uh his pat his personal life um do you want to explain why you picked this one yeah sure um i watched this one in 2019 so it's been a few years and i really liked it at the time um, I found it similar to a lot of other kind of indie movies like this that have a lot of feelings like Hunt for the Wilder People, um, Little Miss Sunshine, stuff like that. And I thought that you would like it, and I have thought that for a while. And since we started this series, I had had it in a list um but I had often felt when we've done other ones that it just was the subject matter was a little too depressing in some parts mm. and so I, d- I just didn't feel ready to do it yet you know 
But I think I had told you a while ago, right. I was like, don't watch <laughs> it because I want to save it for this. Yeah. Um, and I think you had it in your watch list as well. Um, yeah. And then when we were deciding here, it was one of the ones that I have in like a letterbox list of potential ideas for this. And I was like, I think it's time. I think we have to do it. Mm, it's time for Captain Fantastic yeah. to come out and save the day. Um, yeah. I think, uh, I, yeah, I, so I had it in my watch list, like you said. I don't know. I definitely heard about it when it came out. Um, and then I just, like, I was, I don't, I wasn't, like, as into movies then. And so, like, I heard about it, but it wasn't something, like, I saw. Um, and I think, like, maybe when I got Letterboxed, it was, it's, like, a pretty, like, decently popular indie movie mm-hmm. on Letterboxd, like, in that same realm. It's popular so prob- in the cinephile universe. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah, in, the, like, the light cinephile universe. Um, yeah. So it's it's on, like, a lot of those lists, I think, that you look at when you first get Letterboxd. And so I probably saw it on one of those and just, like, added it to my watch list. Yeah. And then it wasn't one I was ever, like, chomping at the bit to watch. So when you told me not to watch it, I was like, okay, I'll just wait until we do a thing. I have so many things in my watch list, like, it's not, like... I only have five things and I'm trying to get through everything. Yeah, right. Um, I will never get through everything on there in my entire life. Uh, but yeah, my watch list is like, it just keeps growing. Yeah. I like on your stats where it shows like how many movies on your watch list you watched that year and then how much you added. And it's always like three times the Yeah, amount. I don't like that stat. It always makes me feel bad. <laughs> well, and I'm not even putting all the movies that I want to watch in my watch list either. Like, there's other movies that I'm like, I'd like to watch that, but I don't mark it in my watch list. Right. You know what I mean? Your real watch list is even bigger. Um, yeah. Your mental watch list. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I, I watched this a few days ago, and I definitely, yeah, I liked it a lot. I think I thought, like I said, I didn't really read anything about it purposely, and I think I expected it to be more comedic. Mm. Just based on maybe the poster. Sure. Um, it's a very name, like, like colorful poster. Yeah, colorful poster. The characters look like kind of Wes Anderson-y. Yeah, so centric. I think I ex- expected it to be more like that. Or even like Middle- Little Miss Sunshine, I think, is even more in that vein yeah. than this movie is. Where the characters are... I mean, all the characters in this movie are pretty quirky. But I guess in that movie, they're more like... I don't know. Wes, I, I, Wes Anderson is not an adjective. But like... You know what I mean. Yes, I know um, what you mean. These characters are definitely a lot more grounded in, like, reality. Yeah. And not archetypes as much. Um, And, yeah, I, I really liked it. I think that it definitely feels like a Sundance movie. Mm. There's movies that just feel like, oh, yeah, this is a Sundance movie. Yeah. And that's what I, like, get such a Sundance vibe from this. And I think that the performances are really what carry it, for sure. Like, the script is great. I think the script also helps the performances, um, at least the dialogue. Maybe I think there are like some pacing issues, but the the performances, especially from Vigo, are like what make you watch. Even the kids, though, like yeah, all the of kids the performances are, all good. are really strong. The older kids, especially, um, obviously yeah, like the kid from nineteen seventeen. Yeah, he was he's like, great. Like, he was he was great. And, and yeah. the other boy as well, because they those two boys kind of play the more um, like leading supporting kids, mm-hmm. and then the others are kind of participate but it's more about those two boys and their relationship with the father and i think both of them gave really good performances um and then even the little kids that had you know select scenes they were both really cute and like gave great little performances reciting their lines um well and they have to do so many different things too like i said it takes a while to get to the road trip so they have to be living they're like living in the woods basically all of them yeah and they've got to like do all these like exercises and all of these different like things with knives and i'm assuming they didn't really go rock climbing but they had to like do a green screen rock climb probably um so they have a lot of like things too where it's not just like they're standing on screen and like someone saying okay deliver the line like this go and like they have to really commit they're having to really do things yeah yeah um and so i was definitely impressed with that uh and then like once it gets into the road trip it's definitely more what you would expect but i i do like how throughout the whole movie it takes a route of it's never really on anyone's side, I guess. Like, yeah. you definitely don't like the dad fully, but you also, like, can understand some of the things that, like, he's saying or, like, that he's decided to do. Um, And so it's, like, you're 
especially I think this is best shown when they go to the um I think it's his sister-in-law's house. Yeah. I think that's who it is. Um, and like you see the contrast there and like you see what their arguments are and even maybe the grandparents arguments later in the movie. And then you see his arguments and like you can see both sides kind of and it's like you feel like the answer is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And I think that the movie knows that because that's what the conclusion is, is like they yeah. end up somewhere in the middle, which is the right conclusion. Because both sides are so extreme um both with like when at the sister-in-law's house like those scenes are so funny because they're so extreme like i just love the contrast between her boys being like so dumb and his kids being like (laughs) so insanely smart by having absolutely no like social skills or understanding yeah um so it's really interesting to see the balance and like you said you're you have to look at it with Uh, you know a more nuanced mindset because it's like you have you're rooting for him and you want Mm -hmm. him to you know be there and be included and it's like but he just wants what leslie wanted and like you know you don't want the grandparents to be so mean but it's just right yeah but then at the same time you're like dude like <laughs> <laughs> settle down on a couple of these things yeah like, take it take it take it down a notch so i really appreciate um, yeah. though his like journey and being able to see his mental process through a yeah. lot of it of kind of um like he maybe is starting to feel some of the things when he has the conversation with Bo, the oldest son about how yeah. like the mom and him kind of went behind his back to do the college applications and stuff and stuff like that and then you know, until he finally sees the daughter get injured. And that's when he sort of like flips completely. Um, Yeah. I was wondering what you thought about that too, because I do think it's interesting because it has kind of like, it has a twist, but it's a twist where it's like the characters know the twist, but they just kind of keep that from the audience. Mm -hmm. One of those. So I thought, I don't know if those always work. I think it, it, it was like a, varying success in this but i was wondering what you thought about that one because like the twist i guess is that i mean the younger son i mean the middle son i guess knows that the mom wasn't happy at like the wherever they're living in yeah the woods. and the dad also knows that so it's like and it, when you look at the back of the movie you can see where the hints of that were left but i always think it's interesting when movies kind of withhold information that characters know but like the audience doesn't know sure so I was wondering if you thought like how successful that was because I do think like it was successful in a way, but it's also sometimes I think can be like a tricky thing to navigate because it feels sometimes like you're cheating the audience, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think it probably could have been maybe talked about more or maybe brought up more by the younger kid, like mm. that maybe he felt it more or was would say something to a different sibling about it. You know, if you knew what I knew, if you heard what I heard. So it kind of leads right. more into that or kind of shows more of their communication barrier because I think it does show it a little bit, just the point of stress between the two of them, between Relian and the dad of yeah. like you had the rock climbing scene and obviously he um, isn't happy about the gifts and stuff. And so... Uh, there's tension there, but I think they could have given more reason behind the tension instead of the kid just kind of casually being like, you killed mom. Like, just <laughs> yeah, because right. there's not a lot of grounds to that. Um, and I think it kind mm. of starts to click when the mom, the grand, the grandmom says, uh, like, shows him the letter and is like, she did, like, change her mind or wanted to be there, I guess. Um, mm. or had written this about, uh, you know, going through one of her manic episodes and stuff. Um, so yeah, I wish that it would have been a little more clear, but I don't think it necessarily was like too unclear that it made it right. hard to translate, I guess. Yeah. And like it, it's kind of, there's a lot more movie after that too. So it's not just like, it's the big revelation and then the movie's just over. Um, I do like how I think it's sometimes hard when you have big character moments like I guess when the dad um, leaves the kids at the grandparents house and then he shaves his beard and everything and like I think it's hard having big character moments like that and then there's like 25 30 minutes left of the movie 
Um, sure. But I do think that they did a good job of like making it feel earned like the rest of that time. And there was still, I guess, a little bit of story in that. But it was also, I think, nice to just have a little bit more conclusion to see like that he actually had changed and like what maybe his their life would look like in the future mm-hmm. and then they did a little bit of a time jump which sometimes time jumps are like cheesy but i thought this one was nice which we can get a little more into maybe if we want to talk about the ending maybe a little later but if there's anything we want to touch yeah. on other than that we probably should talk about that first yeah what um do you like the did you like the like cremation scene I did. Um, I know a lot of people. I know. I always say a lot of people. I just saw people in Letterbox talk about maybe how they don't like that scene, um, or specifically, I guess, like the "Sweet Child of Mine" like song. Um, I thought that was a great scene. Um, yeah, and I like that song and stuff, and that's why I was curious if you did because I think yeah. it works since it already showed the kids singing and stuff before. So right. it sort of ties in that it was very clearly that they used to sing around the fire at their house and sing mm-hmm. as a family and play music together um, and right. do those kind of things. Um, so I I thought it was a good, like, full circle moment to at least mm. – because um, it's hard when you have a lot of characters, especially kids – giving them arcs and kind of helping see their line and obviously they were very deeply impacted by you know the death of their mother and I think that it was able to give um kind of an arc to some of the characters that weren't as like highlighted like Rel and you know Bo were Mm. where they got their own little arcs I guess um but give more of an arc to the girls especially and kind of their form of healing, and then the younger two as well. Yeah, and it, it kind of um, ties into the theme that you're kind of aware of, I guess, at that point, where, I mean, throughout the movie, it's obvious that the dad and his taught his kids this have, like, rejected modern culture or, like, popular culture and basically everything in the world. And I do think it's, like, an interesting meeting in the middle where i mean sweet child of mine is like one of the most popular songs of all time and so it is like them embracing like this thing that they love from the world i guess which they say they hate um and like the mom did too brought that into their lives um and i think it's like kind of a nice representation of that as well where like you can take things like you don't have to reject everything that is in the world to make something like your own i guess i don't know yeah. i thought like it it tied into that too because it was just something that was maybe not like a from a philosopher you know um, i think music was supposed to be that for them too one you know? thing that i think about it too is you probably think like oh well here they are talking about classical music this whole time but now they're like talking about this or singing this other song <laughs> and i kind of have my own headcanon that like the mom and dad probably were like hippie teenagers that like went to concerts and you know were into that before they shifted so they probably were like i don't know into that kind of stuff and the rock like i see that like if i see them before i see like them being rebels at the time that they would have been younger would have been them being hippies and you know him with his long hair wearing a bandana and them wearing tie-dye t-shirts and all that (laughs) is what i imagine yeah well and they wouldn't have brought like the records or the cds i guess with them but they would have still known the songs and so that's probably just like what they taught the kids like they don't probably even know the name of the song or the band but they it's just something that they were taught and like i think it's interesting too how it's like a different arrangement too like it starts off nice and slow and then it builds a little bit more. And so it's like more of their song rather than like a needle drop of Sweet Child of Mine, which wouldn't have worked. Right. Uh, no, just not like at all. T- take, <laughs> taken out like a vinyl record and like, all right, guys, time for mom's favorite song. And then just that. Uh, I do like how they had to play it and sing it and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that scene was pretty good and definitely like a nice moment of catharsis because I think the movie is, even though it's funny, there's like a lot of stressful situations um, and a lot of even the funny parts are like stressful as well. So yeah, I liked it. It was like a very nice moment that after a lot of that stress. Yeah, I agree. 
you want to talk about the ending now or did you have anything else you wanted um, to share about it no yeah i think i i didn't really have much to say about the ending i just didn't want to like get yeah to the and then i think back. like just before that like there's just a lot of really great moments you know throughout mm-hmm. the movie mm-hmm. uh, like just little scenes that are really funny um, obviously you have the dinner table scene at the sister-in-law's house. Yeah, that was definitely my um, favorite scene. It you was have so funny. the grocery store scene, uh, where they're stealing from the grocery store. Uh-huh. Um, you have the, the, when he's flirting with a girl at the campground. Yeah. The scene with the girl. He proposes to her. Um, that was, that was like more awkward than any, like the scene with the cop of, like, coming in. Or, yeah, man. Um, and then right, like singing yeah. the Jesus song with the cop is funny. Um, like yeah. there's just a lot of really good little moments in this that tie it all together, I think. Um, and really Definitely. showcase like what this family is all about, which I think wraps mm. up in that final end sequence, um, mm. where you're seeing them living in a house, but they're on a farm oh. and it's clear that they're going to school now at a real school. Man. So it's just yeah, all very that was like a really it's nice very scene. sweet, um, and I love that you know this is after the older son leaves, um, so yeah. this is the younger kids, um, but I love how he made the artistic choice to cut the music out. Where yeah, that's what I was gonna say, and they keep it on their table for so long. And they long, keep it on the table, like and you're kind of almost like it, it sort of speaks to the like you're sitting there, and maybe the whole time you're like their lifestyle is kind of weird i don't know and then um it gets to that and they're sitting there and the music cuts out and they're just vibing and they're all you know doing their own thing but Mm -hmm. they're together and it's just silence and you're like wait i kind of like this (laughs) like (laughs) what if my family lived on a farm and didn't have you know (laughs) tech and stuff yeah um and I, yeah, I really love that, like, 30 seconds, 25 to 30 seconds that it just, like, mm. sits there on them. Um, and you can obviously see that they've mended their relationships and, you know, mm. are working together and coming together as a family. And it's it's yeah. very sweet and nice. Yeah. yeah. And the, the decision to cut the music and leave it that long of a shot is, like, actually really, like, not a Sundance choice. And so I think that that was, like, a really good thing to set them apart because a lot of people would have wanted music to like underscore yeah the emotions some kind of, that scene. of like needle drop right a needle drop or even just like some nice sweeping violins or like some melodies that maybe were in the beginning i don't know i think the silence in that is like says more than any of the songs that they could have chosen could. yeah and yeah i just really like the ending I thought it was yeah, really and nice I really ending. appreciate too that like they show you the bus and like yeah, how they uh-huh. repurposed it, and they're getting chicken eggs. Yeah, and, and like, like I I think it's oh, cool that word. like they were able like he was able to find the balance of retaining what they loved about their uh-huh. how they had been living previously, but combining it with something new, and how hmm. he. You know, you could see the kid was running around with the string and doing, making a mess. How he lets them still live in chaos, but it's more of like a, Mm. I guess, structured chaos. Yeah, if they're in a house, actually, then you see like the lunch bags on the table, and they're going to school. Yeah, and And you assume he must have a car because like they're not using (laughs) the bus anymore. So just is like, I don't know. It's very nice. It's a very like wholesome ending in the midst of like this long emotional journey of like this family and and him. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's nice too because I think a lot of people now especially are like trying to figure out how to balance like i don't know maybe personal beliefs or like feelings of burnout from different societal structures or um the government in general i don't know there's like a lot of things wrapped up in that and i think it's like really nice to see just the conclusion that he was able to create where like he was able to find like his own sense of peace without like compromising himself i guess yeah. i don't know it was just really nice and i was like i was i don't think i expected that ending even though it seems like the most obvious ending i think a more an easier ending to write would have been he left the kids maybe not with the grandparents but like with the the sister-in-law or something yeah because um, i think that's a hard reality to imagine like something that 
like being able to find that sense of peace i don't know yeah so definitely i'm glad that he was able to write that and like maybe heal his own like childhood that we speculated about um like 20 minutes ago yeah wow (laughs) all right well with that i think our question of the week should because we've already done like favorite high school movie we talked about high school movies at breakfast club so let's do what is your favorite road trip movie because you know there's some good road trip movies out there um maybe it's this one maybe it's one of the 15 road trip movies kevin hart has done i don't know there's quite a few (laughs) Are we there yet? <laughs> that... Tommy Boy. Man, so many movies. Yeah, wow. <laughs> what is your favorite road trip movie? I have to think. Like, there's, um, a, there's like... Gosh, I don't know. I mean, I like Little Miss Sunshine. Of course. I don't know that I'm like a super big road trip movie person. Hmm. Like, big... I think it's hard. It can definitely fall fall into like stereotypes or like trends that they all follow i really liked um unpregnant that was pretty good that was a fun one that was a very fun one so that one might be i mean i don't know if that would be my favorite but i would definitely say that's one i really like um borat i guess is technically a road trip movie oh you um, know what movies um what are they called um i love the trip movies so the trip series where they have like the the trip the trip to italy oh yes those movies yeah Uh those are good movies um yeah it's funny because i watched the most like i watched the newest one before i watched any of the other ones (laughs) because it was playing at the alamo um and then i went back and watched um one or two of the other ones Hmm. i would also say uh Wee herman's big adventure oh my gosh lewin davis yeah, uh huh. Alvin and the Chipmunks Road Chip. Oh man! Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they made a DS game based on that one. Um, Logan. That's a road trip movie, right? Mm, yeah, I think if you so. You want to get in that superhero movie? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. There's so many. I a lot of options. So let us know. Sonic One. I don't know Sonic Two. I haven't seen it, but Sonic One is a road trip movie. Mm. Um. So, yeah, let us know. You can an- answer that question on any of our social medias. Just search Secondhand Film Critics on your favorite platform, and we'll, 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 we'll be there. So you can answer that there. You can email us at secondhandfilmcritics at gmail.com. You can go on our website. Spotify also has an option yes. to answer the question. Yep. So many ways to get that answer in, and we will read them out on mm. our next episode, which is... Uh, another standby series. Um, we're going to do one more series before we take a quick one week break. Yep. So we get all our series in. Besides, we've never seen again. We yes. did that one too. We, but. Eventually, we'll get back to that one. <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get. We'll get back to it. Yeah. So we'll be doing a triple feature, um, which is pretty exciting because I feel like it's been a good while since we've done a triple feature. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're hard to they're hard to prepare for cuz you got to get someone to like pick 3 movies. So Yeah, it's a lot. It it's a, a big lot. ask a of someone. And then we have to watch 3 movies, so it just is Yeah. Big ask of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, big ask of the guest. But uh yeah, so who's our guest for this one? Uh so our friend of the pod, Joe Miller, who maybe if you listen to a lot of episodes of ours, you hear his name often because he answers our question of the week. So we yeah, read his answers. Except for answers. this week because maybe he hasn't played video a lot of video games, so he might not have had an answer. Well, maybe he so, didn't want to listen know. to the Beethoven episode either. Maybe he was like... Why? Come on. The Beethoven <laughs> episode is the best. I think that was a pretty good episode. So I don't know. Joe, I, Joe doesn't seem like a video game guy to me. I could be I thought wrong. you were going to say Joe doesn't seem like a Beethoven guy. No, I, like, I feel like he seems like a Beethoven Everyone's a Beethoven guy. guy. I feel like he doesn't but. seem like a video game guy. Mm, maybe he's a Beethoven SNES guy. Mm, maybe so. <laughs> maybe we'll ask him <laughs> anyway, next week anyway, on the pod. Yes, on the podcast, we will have him on, and he will share his triple feature, which he'll just pick three movies uh, that have like some theme to them, and then we'll go through them and talk about all three. Wow. That's how the show goes. So excited. Pretty fun. Um, yeah, that will come out on Tuesday at 10 a.m. when all of our episodes come out. Uh, anything until then. 
Uh, I got nothing. All right. Well, until next time, I'm Noah. And I'm Captain Incredible. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to say a dead gay son. Oh, and I am a dead gay son. (laughs) (laughs) And we're we're your second second hand hand film film critic.